All right, guys, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Today and next Sunday, I want to take a couple of weeks and uh, share something that is just vital to your life and your journey as a believer. And let's talk about hope. Hope is one of the greatest blessings that comes to you as a Christian. In fact, the biblical meaning of hope is exactly uh, or, or very much opposite of that of how the word is used in, in our culture and our common language. It is a gift that only comes in the life of a believer. It's something you need to live and thrive on. So we're going to look at hope, and I know it's going to be a very, very encouraging time. I want to make this announcement I did last Sunday, uh, and maybe you might have missed that. We've got great news after, after negotiating through a contract on our Beltline property, and then, and then the, the buyer walking away two weeks before. I'm glad to tell you that last week we signed a new contract on the property, and uh, we have a new buyer, and it's looking great. They're buying the entire 9.7 acres. Come on, what a blessing. Even better than before. Better than the one that was before. And this Wednesday night, just a short five minute at the end of our Wednesday night time, we will have a business meeting. We are a nonprofit corporation as required in the state of Alabama. There, so there are guidelines we must follow to buy and sell land. So Calvary, uh, we'll have an opportunity for the membership of Calvary to, to affirm that a contract so that we can go forward with it. So uh, exciting time, exciting time to have that done. Remember all the new ministries. Boys and girls launched brand new things last Wednesday at 6.30. Parents, your kids are going to love this. Don't, don't deprive them of that opportunity. It's going to be great. And then here in, in our, our time together, we're doing the God questions. I started last week on the hot potato, and we're going to wrap it up this week. I fielded questions on homosexuality and the, and the biblical view of life and lifestyle. And uh, so we're not backing off from some of those questions, and, and uh, we had a great start last week. I look forward to answering some more questions. In fact, we have a setup on Wednesday night where uh, we have a number we'll put on the screen, and you can actually text your questions in live, uh, live time, and as many as I have time to get our work. Now, I'm trying to stay on a subject at a time, and we had some more questions come in last Wednesday. I'm categorizing those, and each Sunday, I'll let you know what we're going to be dealing with. So it's, it's going to be very special. So make sure you're, you're on board and ready for that. Wednesday's going to be awesome, and we, we want you to be here, need you to be here. We'll give you more details about the contract. It's very exciting. Finally, get that green card. I'm going to tell you, Calvary, some of the greatest people on this planet are in this room, and this is how you get to know your church family. Uh, it's a great way to do it. I know we're always a little, well, I want some friends, and I want to meet some new people, and, and we'd love to get to know some people, but I'm a little, you know, shy, a little hesitant. This, this dinner for eight is one meal together once a month uh, for four months. And, but let me tell you how good this is. About 70% of our groups that have started in the last two years and just made a four-month commitment, they're still going because they've enjoyed it so much. So you can host one of these by signing up. Pastor Tony will uh, walk with you on the re responsibilities there. Or please just sign up to be a part of this. You will love it. I'm going to tell you, it is such a blessing. You're going to meet some wonderful, wonderful people, and it will be great. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We're, we're going to look at this subject of hope. Hope, it's hard to live without hope. How many can say amen to that? 
you know, the devil wants you to lose hope. Life wants to, you to lose hope and become discouraged and just kind of exist. And so I believe today God wants to give you a supernatural infusion of hope in your life. How many would say, Pastor, I'm ready for that today? A supernatural infusion of hope. I don't throw that word supernatural around lightly, but we serve a supernatural God. He's above natural, isn't he? He's supernatural. And he's alive and well and working in our lives today. So what I've asked to do, I want us to look at Hebrews 11.1 1, in three different uh, authorized translations just to get the nuances of faith and hope and how they work together. Now, here in the New International Translation, what do we read? Now faith is. I want you to notice, what's the first word? Faith always deals with the now. Okay? That's critical. Now, faith is. All right? What? Confidence in what we hope for. Faith and hope are, are, are coupled together in your Christian journey. They are, they are unique but always connected, all right? So now faith is confidence in what we hope for and what? Assurance about what we do not see. Listen, let me say this. We as men and women of faith, believers in Christ, Christians, believers, we are not uh, in denial. We are not uh, uh, unrealistic, but we believe in God. We believe in his word. And springing from that is a confidence that God will do what he said and causes hope to rise in our lives and gives us an assurance even before we see it. See, some people say seeing is believing. For you and I, we have this incredible gift that believing comes before seeing in our life, that I can believe it before I see. Let me say one more thing about faith. Faith is not an emotion. Faith is a choice. Everybody get that? Faith is a choice. Faith is not a feeling, and faith is not an emotion. And faith is not unrealistic. Faith is based on uh, God and his word, the, who he is. Let's, let's look at this. I think next is the King James translation, more familiar. Yes, look. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith gives you an assurance, a substance. It's, it's as if you have possession of something, you got me, in advance. Faith is the substance of things I'm hoping for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, I always love the Amplified Translation because it expands a little bit, gives us synonyms and, and, and a little nuance. So, so watch what, uh, look at this. I love this translation. Now, faith is the assurance. Look at these synonyms here for substance assurance. The title deed. Oh, yeah. See, some, somebody is going to buy that Beltline property, and everybody said, Amen. and they're buying it soon, and everybody said, and, and the first thing we're going to give them in the lawyer's office, before they get the key to the, do to the property there, before it's theirs, you know what they're going to have first? A title deed. And let me tell you how much, how, people think you and I, faith doesn't work. L listen to this, they're going to write us a two and a half million dollar check, and all I'm going to give them is a piece of paper. That's some faith, isn't it? They're going to write a $2.5 million check, and I'm just going to slide the deed across the table. And they're going to give me their money. Show me the money. They're going to give us the money. And they're going to give them a piece of paper. And I'm going to walk out happy, and they're going to walk out happy. And then they're going to go take possession of the land. You got me? But in the beginning, what 
Faith, see, is a title deed. I believe the word of God is so true that I can, I can take that paper. Come on, look, look at this. I can get the paper, and I'm happy even before I get on the land. Anybody with me? This is your title deed. Title deed. Right here. I've got it. I've got it. He said it. I've got it. I've got it. Got the title deed. Okay. So faith is the assurance of title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So my faith enables me to do what? Comprehend what I've not yet been able to experience. But I've comprehended it. I've got a title deed to it. Now, lest some of you get, I just said, we're going to sell that property of two and a half million. That's the price. Say, woo, we're going to be rolling the dough. No, we're going to pay off the mortgage. That's what we got. <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? I wish it was a cash flow. Right now, it's going to be a get even flow. How many understand what I'm saying? But thank God for that. <laughs> see, I'm happy and I'm still not there yet, but we're getting there. Come on. How many understand what I'm saying? So you see faith. You understand faith. That's what faith is. So we see this connected to hope. Now, what is hope? Faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for. So let's look at this, this correlation of faith and hope. I, 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 won't, I won't turn there, but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, now these three remain. These are the substantial things. Faith, hope, see they're different, but together, and love. And he said the greatest of these things is love. So you see this tandem of faith. Faith always precedes hope. How does that work together? So we, we've looked at what, what we understand faith to be. We see that faith and hope are, are, are connected, distinct yet related. Faith is what? Faith is trusting completely in something. Choosing boldly to believe what God said. What is our faith in? Our faith is in God. Not in our circumstances. Not in our emotions. Not in our feelings. Not in what other people have done or not done for us. How many understand that? You can't judge God by people. Is that clear? Because somebody else broke a promise doesn't mean God's a promise breaker. Because someone else disappointed you doesn't mean that God disappointed you. And so faith is a bold choice to take God at his word. God, I believe. Now watch this. So if I believe him, what do I do? I trust him. See, trust carries the meaning of obedient action. I really, James says, faith without works is dead. So if I believe, if I have faith, if I trust, it prompts me to act. I act on that. I trust in that. It brings action. So, so, so we see these things. So, so in other words, for example, I, we have faith in Jesus Christ. We believe that he died on the cross. We believe he's the son of God. We believe his death on the cross enabled our sins to be forgiven. We believe that his death on the cross was made pardon for our sins, and when we accept that, we believe that he is the way to the Father. So we believe, we put our faith in Jesus, so we acted and trusted him. See, I can't be saved tomorrow. If you're going to get saved, you've got to make that choice today. 
Someday, it doesn't, it's today. Now faith is. So because we trusted him, we acted on that, and, and we trusted him as our Savior. What did that create as a result of that? Because of that trust, faith, belief in, in God, something began to happen. Here, I want you to get this. That's called hope. Hope was born because of our faith. What is hope? Hope is the confident expectation of the future. It's the confident expectation that what God said is in fact going to happen. The fruit of our faith in God is that we begin to have an assurance. We begin to have a confidence. We begin to have an expectation. We begin to believe that God is going to do what he said. And because of that, it prompts something in us. Hope begins to rise up in us. I talked about hope a few years ago. And I used this phrase, hope is the oxygen of your soul. You have to have hope to breathe on the inside. Hope allows you to live and believe, uh, trust and walk through some hard days and some long days. Why? Because I have a confident expectation. God will do what he said. Because I trust him, now hope has come in my life. Does that make sense? You have hope. Now, let, let's think about this. I could illustrate it like this. Or, or, or let's look at it, Romans eight twenty four. We have to understand hope always deals with the future. Hope says this. I want you to see this in Romans 8, 24. It, it always points forward. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? So hope is always about the future. You got that? Faith is for now. And my faith in God today releases a hope for my tomorrow. Faith is today. Hope is tomorrow. If I already have it, I don't need to have hope. I've already got it. So let me illustrate it like this. A father walks into his son and says, guess what, son? I'm going to take you to Six Flags tomorrow. All right? And that little boy, oh, he's happy. He cannot hardly go to sleep that night. He's thinking about Six Flags. He's thinking about roller coasters. He's thinking about what they're going to do. He's excited. Now, now what happened there? Faith, what's the faith part of that? His father said, I'm going to take you to Six Flags. And what did he do? He took his father at his word. He believed what his dad said. That's faith. That's now. He said, son, we're going to Six Flags. Not now. Tomorrow. We're going tomorrow. And right then, that boy said, I believe that. I trust my dad. So what was the can't go to sleep, excited, dream all night? That's the hope. You see what that, the faith in what his dad said released a hope about the future. He started hoping. See, it's, it's what every Auburn and Alabama football fan does every year. See, right now, you have a confident expectation that something good's going to happen. And the Mississippi State, too. What about that, Jared? I see sitting there. I can't say anything about Arkansas this year, so let's just go on. See, I have faith, but I'm not crazy. So I don't. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, uh, yeah, maybe next year, but right now, I'm just, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. All right. So what happened? See, son, we're going to go to Six Flags. Faith says, yes. Faith says, I believe you. Now, if his dad had lied to him about that, there's no faith. See, if the father's pattern had been broken promise, broken promise, you see what I'm saying? Would there have been faith? No, and there would have been no hope. That little boy would have said, his dad said, I'm going to take you to Six Flags tomorrow. And maybe he had told him that five times and broken his word. Well, that little boy would have no faith or trust in what his dad said. And when he went to sleep, there was no hope he was going to do that tomorrow. 
See the difference in that? But because our hope is based on the word of our unchanging, unlying God, we have a hope that because he said it and I take him at his word, now there's a product of hope that's operating in my life. See how that happens? Listen, this is the, the biblical definition of the word hope. I like this. Listen to this. This, this. this is how we define this word used in Scripture. Hope, listen, is not just a sense of optimistic outlook. Hope is not being optimistic alone. Hope is not just wishful thinking without any certainty. See, human hope is just a wish. Human hope is like it could happen. You know, it's like those people going to Tunica. <laughs> Driving over there, putting good money. Why would you turn your money over to something called a bandit? A one-armed bandit. Cha-ching, I hope I win something. Cha-ching, I hope I win something. And the guy who owns the casino said, I hope they keep coming. I hope they keep coming. <laughs> See, that's wishful thinking. There's uncertainty. You understand that? That's not biblical hope. Everybody with me? Everybody recovered from, from what I'm saying so far? So what is biblical hope? Biblical hope is an expectation, listen, based on solid certainty. It is the byproduct of your faith in God. See, biblical hope rests on God's promise. Not on my emotions, not on my circumstance, not on what anyone else says or does. Did God said it, I trust it, and when I trust him, hope begins to rise up in me. There begins to be an expectation, a, a, an eager looking forward to a peaceful assurance. This is in God's hand. Hope and faith are always linked together. Faith is the present tense. Hope is the future tense. You understand? My faith can be, I trust what God did. I trust what God's doing. And because of that, I am confidently expect him to do it again in my life. Don't you love the God of faith and hope? Amen? So we see it. So let's, let's make some application. I love this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews the 12th chapter. Let's look at these two verses. Maybe you never looked at faith and hope in this, but let, let Jesus illustrate this to us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, see, see, we just had this whole chapter of faith, Hebrews 11. So he begins to make an application. What does faith do? See that? Therefore, in light of all these illustrations of faith, let's read this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Come on, all the testimonies in Hebrews 11, all the men and women of faith, all the people in heaven who would tell you, trust in God, believe in God. Anybody, do you ever think about what we're surrounded by as, as Christians today? Do you know we're surrounded by cloud of witnesses. You know what a witness is? That's not somebody who's just watching us. That's somebody saying, this is what God did for me. This is the faithfulness of God. This is the power of God. You know we're in that family. Come on, does anybody sense that? I don't, listen, you, you, I, did you hear what Philip Cameron said last week? Uh, all the males in his family for 200 years were alcoholics. Did you hear that? Every male in his family for 200 years had been an alcoholic. 
and then two young Bible college students walk into that Scottish village and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and 50-some family members get saved and now they're all in the ministry. What happened? They heard this gospel and, and we're part of that. They surround us. The apostle Paul, Elijah, Elisha, Moses, David, Esther, my mother, my father, my grandmother, your grandmother, your grandfather. Listen, if you had no one in your family, if you're the first Christian in 200 years, can I tell you something? You stepped into a family of believers with clouds of witnesses saying, God did it for us, God will do it for you. God was faithful now, he'll be faithful then. So, so we're surrounded by millions of testimonies of the faithfulness of God. Does that excite anybody here? I'm, I mean, that we're surrounded. So what do we read? So what do we do? Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked before us. Now watch this. Let us, this is faith and hope. Watch this. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the, look at this, these two things shouldn't go together, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wait a minute. We, we, we said faith, trust in God causes hope to be manifested in our life. And we just read the Bible says that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. The cross was the will of the Father for him. It was not an easy moment. It was not an easy thing to do. But because of his obedient faith, right? He had faith. He did what God told him to do. Now, because of his faith... There was a hope that was released in his life. And that hope produces joy every single time. And so watch this. Here is our Savior dying painfully, brutally on a cross. And the Bible says while his hands and his feet are bleeding and his back is ripped off by the whip and thorns rammed into his head and bruises all over his body, the Bible says there was joy in his life. Did you get that? It didn't say happiness. It said joy. And what was the joy? The joy was the undeniable expectation, confident belief that what God said, if he would obey it, would produce the desired results in his life. And so he was hanging on the cross full of hope and joy because he knew that if he did what God told him to do now, God would do what he promised then. How many see what we're saying right now? So you and I can walk through some dark, 
hard, difficult days where it's not happening the way I want it to happen, where my prayer hasn't been answered yet, where everybody doesn't understand me, where it's not going well, but because I have the knowledge that I did what God said, I have a confident expectation, even a joy in the middle of it, that if I will do what I'm supposed to do now, God will always do what he promised he would do. So it produces joy even while I'm hanging on a cross. Does anybody understand that? See, see, that's Christian hope. There's no substitute. There's no counterfeit. It is unique to the Christian faith because hope is the byproduct of trusting the Word of God. And if you and I, and, and can I tell you something? Faith, I told you before, is not a feeling. Do you know when you obey God, whether you feel like it or not, it still works? Do, do you know what I learned? And this helped me. I realized that if I would obey God, even if I was all over the place struggling. See, I always thought I didn't have faith unless everything was just locked in, confident, happy. You know, I've, I've had faith when I didn't feel faith before. How do I know? Because I was doing what he told me to do. I was struggling in the middle of it. But, but you know, man, God, you know, I hope you're, you're going to do what you said. And, 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 and I was scared, and I had all those emotions, you understand? But I knew this is what he said, and so I did it. And I can't tell you, I was like, I know this is going to happen. And there's no doubt in my mind, and I'm going to go to bed and sleep easy tonight. I walked the floor some nights. And I've tossed and turned some nights. And I've, and I've struggled some nights. But my confidence was, I'm doing what he told me to do. And whether I feel it or don't feel it, like it or don't like it, it doesn't matter because my part's to trust him now, his part's to bring it in to the right conclusion. Aren't you thankful for that? Jesus showed us this joy that comes as a product of hope even in these situations. Look at Psalm 42.5. You can relate to this. Let's, I, I want to make this very transparent. This is not something that just for a few people or, or just something that just happens. No, it begins with our trust in God. Psalm 42.5. But trust in God, faith in God will produce hope in your life. Psalm 42 and verse number 5. Let, let's, let's look at this together. Watch, watch Paul. He, he's arguing with himself. Have you ever had an argument with yourself? You know what's happening as a Christian? It's the spirit arguing with the flesh. You ever had a debate? The spirit and the flesh. What am I talking about? Look at this. Why my soul are you so downcast? He's talking to himself. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, all right? So Paul says, look, why am I so downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? What's the antidote? What did he say? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my Savior and my God. Come on, sometimes you have to just preach to yourself a little bit. You understand what I'm saying? You got to word yourself. You got to preach. Listen, you think the only preaching I do is up here on Sunday and Wednesday? I've some of my best sermons nobody ever heard but me and God. You ever, you, you would have those, anybody ever had, don't raise your hands, all right. Honestly, have you ever been downcast? Welcome to the human race. Can Christians be downcast? Yes. Because we're human, aren't we? And we're wrestling with this thing. Why am I so? Why? Why am I so downcast right now? Paul says, why are you so disturbed within me? See, that's that part of us that, that you know, listen, let, let's be honest. Hope does not come naturally to the human nature. You hear what I just said? 
Hope is not a natural product of your human nature. Our human nature is fallen. The Bible said we've all sinned. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to be negative? And how unique it is to be positive? It's just negativity is like a cancer. It's like a disease. It's like a plague. It's, it's crazy. Somebody can be going along and one thing happens and boom, it all goes downhill. You know? it, it, it's just, I mean, it, it, once again, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm doing this pre-football season, all right? You know, you know, if Alabama and Auburn both lose on Saturday, I'm like, oh, God. Please anoint the worship team. Because <laughs> they're going to come in here on Sunday morning. I mean, you'd think it's a funeral. You know, I'm saying, God is good. Yeah. Nobody gives me that all the time. You, know, you, come, you come in on a Sunday after a bad Saturday. God is good. Yeah, just like that, see. <laughs> but if they both win all the time. <laughs> see, so it's, it's like this thing. Everything's going well. It's all good. And, 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 but then we, we have to wrestle. It's not human nature to have hope. I want you to understand that. It's a supernatural good consequence of having faith in God. It's a product of making a choice to trust him. So you're going to have those moments. Why am I so downcast? Let's put that back up, please, for me. Why am I so downcast? You know, why are you doing this thing within me and wrestling around? Back to 42.5. Because I want you to see. I want you to read this. I want you to see it and hear it. You're going to retain it. What does he say? Put your hope in God. Look at this. For I will yet praise him. He says it hasn't happened, but I'm going to praise God. I'm going to yet praise him. I'm going to have a praise. I'm, I'm, I'm going to thank him. He's my Savior. He's my God. So what's the antidote for downcast and disturbed and depression and negativity? I have a Holy Spirit counteraction, and that is I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to stand here in this moment where I'm on the cross, where my family is giving me a hard time and work is giving me a hard time and my health is not what I want it to be, but I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to choose to say, God, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you're going to do what you said you would do. And I believe you're worth waiting on. How many heard what I said just then? You're worth waiting on to bring it. See, see and, and things. How do, we, how do we forgive people? See, hope will help you forgive. Think about this. So the Bible says I'm to forgive those who've offended me. So I forgive them. So that's the now part. That's faith. I'm going to do what God said. I don't want to forgive you. I don't feel like forgiving you. I don't think you deserve to be forgiven. Come on, I'm talking human stuff now, right? But God said I'm supposed to forgive you. So you say, God, help me, God. I forgive you. I want you to forgive you. That's faith. See, that? that's obedience. That's now. But see, if we have hope that God will do what he said, that if he will honor my faith, then I can draw off that for what I need to forgive you today because I'm confident that my obedience today is going to produce something better in my life down here. You understand that? What Hope is what you draw off of 
in those moments of tough obedience. It's, it's when you come and your plans didn't work out and your prayers aren't answered yet and things are delaying. What keeps you from giving up the confident expectation that God's going to honor what he said in your life? You realize that? Without hope, you become disobedient. Without hope, you don't forgive people. Without hope, you give in to temptation. Why do you deny yourself of a temporary pleasure because you have hope that if I obey God today, there's a better thing coming in my life. People without hope give in to temptation. People without hope let sin creep in their life. People without hope live for the moment. But people with hope become big picture people. They're the people that say, yeah, I can walk through today because God's promised me good things if I'll obey him. I'm willing to walk through this because I know God's going to do what he said. I'm going to say no to that temptation because my hope is that God puts something better in his place. Does anybody hear me? I'm, I have hope. I draw off the reservoir of hope. Let, let's look at Romans 15, 13. One of my favorite hope verses. Romans 15, 13. I love this verse. It, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Romans 15 and verse 13. Look at this. May the God of hope. Oh, that's who he is. May the God of hope, all right, fill you with what? All joy and peace. Joy and peace are products of hope. Hope comes because you trust God. And out of this hope, joy and peace begin to come in your life. Really, isn't that all you need to wait on God to do his thing? Come on. If you have joy, if you have peace, you can wait until God does what he said he would do. See, may the God of hope, that's who he is, guys. He's the God who fulfills his word. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you what? Trust in him so that you may, look, it doesn't stop overflow with hope. How? How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, you can live off that verse for a long time. May the God of hope, the God of hope, the God of confident expectation, fill you with joy and peace. How many could use some joy and peace today? Come on, be honest, in life. Fill you, fill you. You know what happens when you're full? There's not room for anything else. If you get full of joy and peace, there's no room for doubt and fear. If you get full of joy and peace, there's no room for depression and disturbance. When God begins to fill you, the God of hope fills you with joy and peace. How? As we what? Trust in him so that we're not only filled. I love this now. You what? You overflow. Do you know the hopeful, overflowing person will never have a lack of friends and companions? How many heard what I just said? When you start overflowing, when you're full, that's for you. When you overflow, that's for the other people around you. I don't know about you, but I like overflowing, hopeful people in my life. You, you want to have your coworkers look at you differently? Get full of hope. And let peace and joy begin to work in your life. E even those cranky ones, you know what I'm saying? L let me help you. Let's just be really honest. If you're overflowing with enough joy and peace and hope, Either they're going to stop being cranky or get away from you because cranky people can't stand joy. Am I telling you the truth? I mean, you have enough genuine joy and the cranks will leave you alone. The, the, you know, the blues brothers won't sing at your parade. They'll, they'll move down the street. You don't have to tell them, stop this and stop that. You're just full of joy and hope. Your conversation is there. Your hope is there. You speak about it. There's joy and there's hope in your life. And it begins to transform the things around you. And, and why? By the power of the Holy Spirit. See, I told you, the, hope is not a natural product. 
We wrestle within ourselves to have hope. It, it, there, there's something about human nature that wants to give up. Is that true? Human nature wants to give up. You know, I, was, I, I saw some things. I want to be careful how I say this. Um, how would I say it? There's because I don't want personalities and names connected to this. But, but there's this thing I keep seeing happening in our culture today of, of where we're trying to lower our expectations about everything. Just lower your expectation, even for your children. You know, now again, if you do this, we'll talk and pray and get along later, okay? But just let me, give me a minute, all right? If, if I made you mad, I'll, I'll apologize in advance, but I'm going to say, all right? You know, it's, it's just this thing where, where we, we, we just, we, we lower expectations. We want everything, you know, why try and fail? Well, you know, why try? Because if you don't try, you never get there. You know, if you don't shoot for it, you never make it. And so it's kind of like we're in the participation trophy era. What does that mean? I know you, sorry, because we're, you know, we're in just this little, I'm okay, you're okay. Nobody try. Everybody. So, you know, I'm sorry. Why do they keep score at the game? Somebody won. Somebody lost. Oh, you can't look. Yeah. They beat you that day. Their first place. They got the trophy. You don't get a participation trophy. What does that mean? I just showed up and walked around. So I get the same reward that God had busted his tail and worked hard and was first place. So I'm going to reward laziness with the same reward that I reward effort and confidence and trying. Is that what, we, is that what we've come to in our culture? We, we just all participated. Let's just all pick flowers and sit in the clover. Look around. Everything's good. I'm happy. You're happy. Everybody's wonderful. Look, I already went through this with my generation. Don't do it again. I grew up with the hippies and the weed smokers and flower people and hate war. And look, all this stuff you millennials are doing, it, you're just second version. It's already happened in the 1960s. You didn't invent all this stuff. It's already been done. Your grandparents did that. Let's just all sit around. Uh, make, you know, I can't say that phrase. Let me do something else. Uh, uh, <laughs> we'll all just sit around. Peace, man, peace. It's all peace. I'm a peace, peace. Here, peace. It's all peace. peace. We're, we're going to love. We're not going to have war. We're just going to love. We're all the same, man, yeah. You know, you beat the bongos. This got ba 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 Say these goofy poems that are just goofy. Oh man, yeah, that's that's deep, man. I mean, that's deep. Ba 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 ba. You know, oh, really groovy, far out. That produced a lot of nonsense. Took a whole generation to outgrow that, and now we're doing it again. You didn't invent any of that. Somebody already did that. Didn't work then, won't work now. So what am I saying? You know, if, listen, I, I got to push your buttons a little bit. It, you know, that's my job. I'm, I'm not supposed to make you happy with that. I'm supposed to say live life at the highest level. That's, that's faith, faith. See, faith, hope says, I believe God has something for me I haven't seen yet. All right, listen to this. Hope says, I believe I can be somebody I'm not yet. I believe we can make this world something it's not yet. I believe I can do something I haven't done yet. 
I believe if I put my trust in God, I can be a better father. I can be a better mother. I can be a better business person. I can be a better believer. We can build a greater church. We can reach more people. We can impact the world. We're not afraid to say, I believe we can make a difference. I believe we can impact our world. We might not change the world, but I can change my world. I may not reach everybody, but I can reach somebody. So I am not going to live my life in mediocrity. I'm going to have faith in God. I'm going to have hope in what he said, and we're going to go for it. Now, don't get me wrong. I love millennials. I'm just trying to keep you from doing the same thing that's already been done (laughs) and raise your standard and believe for that. See, listen, listen, if you live your life average, here's the problem with average. Let's say your grade, you, you, you made an 80 was your grade for the semester, okay? That means that that was your average. That means you made some 90s and you made some 70s, right? And it averaged out at 80. So if your goal in life is to be average, you live as much of your life below average as you did above average to equal average. I'm challenging you today to say as a follower of Jesus Christ that he didn't die on the cross and defeat death, hell, and the grave and raise up out of it three days later and scatter the demons off of you for you to live your life and me live my life and say, I just have to settle down. You never know. Yes, you can know. I don't know what's going to happen. I can tell you what's going to happen. God is going to do what he said. His word is going to be true. Hope is going to rise up in your life. And when everybody else quits, you're going to keep going because the hope of God is in your life. When everybody else says, you give up on that marriage, you're going to try one more time because hope is inside your life. When everybody else says, turn your back and walk away, your husband lied to you, your husband had an affair on you, your husband broke your heart, so go do the same dumb stuff he did to pay him back. And you're going to stand up and put your shoulders back and say, no, I'm going to trust in my God. I have hope that at the end, God is going to bring me through this thing. That's what hope does for you. It pulls you up out of quitting and causes you to reach for greater things in your life. And I'm not afraid to tell your children and your grandchildren that they can be greater, bigger, more powerful, and impact this world that they're living in. Because that's the God we serve. We have hope. Can somebody say amen to the God of our hope today? And let's look at this and wrap it up. Look at Romans 4. What a great example of this. Romans 4. Romans 4. You have to understand what we study to get this. Let's go to Romans chapter 4 and verse 16. Romans 4, 16. We'll end with this. Therefore, look at this. The promise comes how? By what? Faith. So that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abram's offspring. That's you and me too. Not only to those who are of the law but also to those who are the faith of Abraham. He's the father of us all. He's part of that great cloud of witnesses. Next time somebody says, who's your daddy? Say, Abraham. See what they say. (laughs) Abraham's my daddy. Come on. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed. Look at this. Look, Look at the statement. It's radical. The God who gives life to the dead... Are you ready? You talk about faith and hope. Look at this. And calls things that are not. Look at this. Not as they are. This is the radical thing. And calls things that are not as though they were. 
In the mind of God, it's all already been done. See, you and I would think it'd be faith to call the things that are not as though they are. But God calls the things that are not yet as though they were. He says, see that it hasn't happened yet? It's already happened to me. See that thing you're praying for in the mind of God? It's already been done. That healing that you're praying for 2,000 years ago, stripes were put on Jesus' back. And so he calls the things that is not as though they were. That's the God we serve. So that put hope in our heart because we trust this God who says, oh, that thing you're waiting on is done. We need to accept that. It's done. Now, now watch. Here, watch this. Here, here's, here's, if you didn't understand what I've taught you to now, you don't get this sentence. Look at this. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed. Wait a minute. What does that mean? Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed. So what do we read? Against all natural hope, human hope, wishful thinking, against all natural hope, Abram in biblical hope believed. He just believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Now look at this. Here's how we do it. Are you ready? Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Faith does not deny reality. Faith looks to God and says, you're greater than anything I'm dealing with right now. Faith says, you promised, so I'm trusting you. He said, I'm dead. Look, he said, I've never fathered a child. I'm 90 years old. It's not going to happen with me. And maybe that's what happens to us, that we can't get to that place. Maybe we keep trying to do it. Maybe our confidence is in ourselves. Maybe we can't believe beyond ourselves. Maybe we struggle believing that God is bigger than we are. Maybe we, maybe we fight surrendering. Maybe we fight really trusting. Maybe we don't like to come to the place and say, God, you said it. There's no way I can do it, but I'm going to trust you anyway. See what he did? He said, without wavering in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. And that Sarah, that's his wife, her womb was also dead. Verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief. Waver means going back and forth. Regarding the promise of God, not anything else. He said, I'm not going to waver about what God said. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded. This is all you have to do, my friend, to change your world. Become fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. God has the power to do what he's promised. I believe that with all my heart. I don't have to trust in the ability of George Sawyer. I don't have to trust in, in the ability of, of, of even all of us gathered in this room together. I trust in the ability of the God who made the promise. I trust in the ability of the God who made the promise. And trust in his ability gives me hope that he's going to make it happen. And so while I'm waiting, he's filling us with peace and joy as we trust in him. If I lose my peace and joy, I need to focus back on the one I'm trusting in. And hope begins to rise up in my heart. What did Hebrews 12 say? Hebrews 12 says, looking unto Jesus. I can tell you how you find hope in your life. It's where you're looking. Who are you looking at? Looking unto Jesus. When all the circumstances are crashing around me, I have to look to him. 
Do you have to stop and rise up above that? You understand what I'm saying? You've got to find something bigger than where you are. Looking unto Jesus, what happened? Hope begins to come back for us. I want you to stand with me. I want our musicians to come. I want to pray with you. Please don't get in a hurry to leave. I want us to pray together right now. Musicians, I want you to come. I want us to pray. I want us to trust. I want us to say, God, I believe you're who you say you are. I believe you will do what you said. Evidently, listen to this, evidently, not every prayer is answered just like that. Because the Bible talks about hope a lot, doesn't it? And hope is how I wait on the answer to that promise. Hope is how I wait. If I believe him, I have some joy and peace while I'm waiting. If I don't believe him, I'm having a hard time. Come on. I've been in both places. Anybody been in both sides of that thing? I've had some places where I wasn't trusting well, and I wasn't very. Look, look. here's your options. Watch it. Hope or hopeless? Which one do you choose? Hope or hopeless? Let's take the less off the hope and put some more. Hopeful. See, let's make some changes right now. Let's take less off hope and put full there. See the difference in that? Faith is full. Doubt is less. He, he, it's either hopeful or hopeless. Which one are we looking at? Where do our life go? Today I want to encourage you. I believe that, and, and I want you to get this so you'll be encouraged. The fact that you may be struggling today to trust God means you at least tried. Congratulations. You tried. There's some people that aren't even trying to trust God. Hadn't made an effort. I want to encourage you today. God's not mad at you. God's not disappointed in you. The fact that you're wrestling to hold on doesn't mean you're bad. It means you got in this thing. And what God is saying to you today is he's just refocusing your faith, looking unto Jesus. He wants you to know that he loves you and he cares about you and that you matter to him and and that he's got this thing. So today... Let's look at him. Let's look at Jesus. Let's establish. Let's go back to the basics and say, God, I believe your word. I believe your word. Fill me. Fill me with hope, God of hope, with peace and joy. And let hope overflow in me by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for you now. And I want you to agree with me. Let's let go of the hopeless things. Let's take hold of the God of hope. Let God begin to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. 